In Georgia Ag and Review for the week of September 12th, we had cotton reports. Well, the September numbers are now out, and with those, we have Steve Malachewski with the National Agricultural Statistics Service in Washington, D.C. Steve, what are we looking at for this month? Hi, Julie. Um, area planted to upland cotton is estimated at 14.4 million acres, up 7% from June and up 34% from last year. Harvested area is expected to total 9.56 million acres up 2% from last month, but down 9% from 2010. If realized, this will be a record high abandonment rate. American Pima planted area is estimated at 289,000 acres, up 42% from last year, and expected harvested area at 287,500 acres is up 43% from the previous year. Drought conditions throughout portions of the Cotton Belt have negatively impacted this year's crop. Texas has been especially hard hit due to the state experiencing one of the most severe droughts in recorded history. As of September 4th, 44% of the United States cotton acreage was rated in very poor to poor condition, compared with only 12% this time last year. 42% of the crop had bulls opening by September 4th, 2 points ahead of last year, and 10 points ahead of the five-year average. With Hurricane Irene making landfall in late August, farmers in North Carolina and Virginia were assessing the extent of the damage from the storm. In Texas, there were reports of cotton plants shedding bowls due to prolonged dry weather. Segments of the southeastern growing region received some precipitation in August, while others remained dry and in need of moisture. The northern portion of the Delta region experienced favorable growing conditions in August, while hot, dry weather persisted in the south. Objective yield data in Texas forecasted bulls per acre and bull weights to be down from last year. In summary, the all-cotton production forecast for the United States is 16.6 million bales, up fractionally from last month, but down 9% from last year. This is Steve Malaszewski with the USDA National Agricultural Statistics Service. And with some food safety news, Randall Wiseman had this. USDA will ban from commerce raw ground beef and tenderized steaks found to contain six strains of E. coli the department will now be testing for. The Food Safety and Inspection Service will now start testing for six non-0157 E. coli, according to Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack. It's estimated that 112,000, over 112,000 annual foodborne illnesses occur as a result of non-0157, twice the rate of 015787, which has already been declared an adulterant over a period of many years. Vilsack explains why USDA is targeting beef. We estimate at USDA that of that 112,000 annual foodborne illnesses, 36,700 would be attributable to beef. FoodNet has indicated in the last decade a 284% increase of confirmed illnesses as a result of non-0157, while we've seen a 27% decrease in the same period of time from 0157. Vice Chair of the Beef Industries Beef Safety Committee, Todd Allen, defended the industry's efforts to prevent foodborne illness in beef and support for non-0157 research. Allen said more research is needed on these strains and all regulatory decisions must be based on sound science. He added that NCBA will carefully analyze the new proposal and provide comments during a 60-day public comment period. And we will wrap up for this week with a very well-researched Everett Greiner. Government spending to support agriculture is viewed as a prime target by the bureaucrats looking for ways to stabilize our economy. Subsidy payments are already in the crosshairs. So is research spending. I don't think this is smart. That famine in Africa right now could spread to many other parts of the world if farm research is allowed to dry up. Now, it's a fact that 
If farmers were producing with the technology they had at the end of World War II, right now half the world would be starving. Science says that farmers have to double today's production in the next 30 to 50 years if we're to avoid global starvation. Now, since you can't double the amount of cropland, research is the only way to go. I think most farmers would agree. Spending cuts are optional, but research isn't or shouldn't be one of them. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.